Om Gyanatimirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guravenamaha In this verse, or in, this, in, in verse 6, uh, the Lord uses the word Ananya, which means no other. Anya means other, and Ananya means no other. He uses this word to qualify the kind of bhakti that is required to make one very dear to the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord discusses the parts of karma, jnana, yoga and bhakti. But in this pair of verses, he very clearly states that one who is fully dedicated to him in bhakti is delivered by him. And what kind of bhakti? Ananya bhakti, without any deviation to any other process. Elsewhere in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord stresses the same point. Ananyas chintayantumam. He describes one who is always thinking of me without deviation. Ananya cheta satatam. One who is always conscious of me. So ananya uh, is used with the word satatam without any other, uh, without any deviation and always. Which is uh, also stated in Srimad Bhagavatam. Savai Pungsang Paro Dharmo Yato Bhakti Adhoksaji Ahaituki Apratihata Yatatma Supersediti. That the topmost or the topmost uh, Dharma. You have the word Dharma in Polish? It came in the dictionary yet? No, it's in the English dictionary. Anyway, the topmost Dharma or. Uh, it's a very difficult word to translate. A Prabhupada translates it often as occupational duty, but here in dharma means the, or the intrinsic nature of the soul, the topmost activity or engagement is in bhakti, devotional service to the transcendent Lord. Devotional service to the transcendent Lord. That devotional service should be unmotivated, ananya, and the word given here is ahaituki, without any cause other than love of Krishna. And apratihata, without any interruption, which means always. Yayatma suprasidati. And this will actually give great delight to the atma or the self. So every one of these words is very important and is, is, and is elaborated on later in the Bhagavatam. This verse comes at the beginning of the Bhagavatam. The uh, word adhokshaja, the import of this, very important. That Krishna, he is not uh, an object to be understood by our measuring process. We have to perform devotional service, bhakti, to Krishna. But if we conceive of Krishna as some kind of material object, then we cannot even begin to perform devotional service. That is why actually Krishna is only revealed by pure devotional service, ananya bhakti. That bhakti without any motivation, without any mixture of karma, jnana or yoga, that only is on the transcendent platform. Anything else is maya, or, or mixed with maya. Mapiyate anaya iti maya. Maya means to try to measure. If we think that Krishna is someone who can be understood through any materially tinged process, then we made a mistake. We're in Maya.
So as Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita, Bhaktyamama Vijayanati, I can be understood by the process of pure devotional service. But to be situated in that pure devotional service requires some guidance and training. We may hear this and think, okay, I'll be a pure devotee. But even to understand what pure devotional service means and to practice it, that requires some guidance and training. Every conditioned soul, by definition, is in the darkness of ignorance. So even though he may have some concept of God, that concept is necessarily materially tinged unless he's trained to understand who is the transcendent Lord. Otherwise, we see the general tendency is to consider of God, to consider God as some cosmic order supplier. God is good. I'm also good. I love God and He loves me. Therefore, He solves all my material problems and makes my material life very happy. Or even if it doesn't happen here, He will take me to heaven where I will enjoy very nicely forever. God is like a kind father who gives us all facilities for, se for sense enjoyment. And you better believe in him, otherwise he'll kick you into hell forever. <laughs> so this is the uh, beginning of theism, but not very complete understanding, to say the least. It's very difficult for the condition. It's not possible for the conditioned soul in the beginning to understand what is pure devotional service. Therefore, karma yoga is taught. Yad karoshi, yadashnasi, yadjjahoshi, dadasi, yadyaptapasyasi, kauntaya, tadkarushva, madarpanam. Whatever you do, you're doing it for sense gratification. Well, do it for me. Whatever you eat, whatever charity you give, whatever austerities you perform, all for sense gratification, offer it to me. This is actually a, a high stage of karma yoga. But it's still a long way from sarvadhaman paritajya mame kam sharanam raja. Just uh, giving up all activities based on one's own desires and simply surrendering to Krishna's desire. But here, as elsewhere in Gita, Krishna is stressing this fully focused attention on love of Him. So the process of sadhana bhakti, in which hearing about Krishna from proper sources uh, is required to uncover the dormant Krishna consciousness. Everyone is a devotee of Krishna, but everyone in this material world is forgetful of that. So nitya siddha krishna prem shadha kabunai Shavanadi Shuddhachite Koraye Udoi. The Shuddhachite or pure consciousness of Ananyenaiva Yogena Mamdhayanta Upasate, of always uh, meditating on Krishna only, that has to be revived. That is revived by the process of sadhana bhakti based on or beginning with hearing about Krishna. Now, pure devotional service is the natural situation of the soul. And even sadhana bhakti, the process of sadhana bhakti, that is not the uh, perfect situation of the soul. To have to follow rules and regulations is not the perfect situation of the soul. 
But following these rules and regulations is in recognition of the fact that I need to revive my natural love for Krishna. So pure love for Krishna is uh, very natural, simple and straightforward. The word is there for natural, simple and straightforward. It is sahaj. So uh, because it seems, because it is natural, simple and straightforward, there is a class of so-called devotees who think that we can just take it up very naturally and simply without having to go through any process of purification. They are called prakrita sahajiyas, which means those who on the mundane platform imitate the natural simplicity of pure devotional service. Sahajiya means one who uh, adopts a path to uh, be natural and simple. But that which is natural and simple by definition doesn't need a path to be followed. So they imitate the natural simplicity of pure devotional service. But because they're not actually on that platform, they're on the prakrita or material platform, they fail to actually pure, be pure devotees by, by simply imitating it. We see in the behavior of pure devotees that they, are, they like to sing and dance, take prasadam, and in all these, perform these very natural activities of Krishna consciousness. And no rules and regulations are required for, for them because they are naturally situated in love of Krishna. Those who imitate that, they, they like to sing and dance and take prasadam, but they don't follow any rules, and as a result, they engage in mundane sense gratification. But still they think that, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm singing and dancing, and that means I'm a pure devotee. But concomitant with the natural attraction to hearing and chanting that is inherent in pure devotees is uh, distaste, lack of interest in any mundane sense gratification. A few years ago in London, I, uh, one godbrother of mine who hadn't been seen to be practicing devotional service very seriously for quite a few years, I met him in the temple. And he told me that a few days ago we had a get-together of all the old devotees who weren't living in the temple, weren't coming to the temple, weren't practicing much. He didn't say it like that, but that's how I understood it. And he said, we had this fantastic kirtan. And it was much better than the kirtan that the devotees living in the temple had. So what does this mean? That means that they come together every, every six months and have a kirtan. And in the, in the meantime, they're not following anything very strictly. And they're on a higher platform of love of Krishna than those who are dedicating their life every day in the service of Krishna. Whether we're actually engaged in kirtan or not, is not necessarily judged by how high we jump or how loudly we sing or how much, how expertly we bang the madanga. These things are very nice. They should be done. We should sing enthusiastically in kirtan, chant, dance. But our, how we're actually engaged in kirtan will be seen more clearly when the kirtan stops. If the kirtan stops, then we weren't engaged in actual kirtan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Kirtaniya Sada Harihi. The holy names are always to be chanted. Kirtan is to go on incessantly. So even after the Murdanga has been put down and the cartels have been put down, by one's activities one should 
go on performing kirtan. One's whole life must be kirtan. Every thought, word and deed must be kirtan. Or at least the endeavor must be like that. And that endeavor is the process of sadhana bhakti. The process of sadhana bhakti is to revive the natural consciousness of the soul by which he's always engaged in kirtan. So if uh, after an ecstatic kirtan one goes out to have an ecstatic cigarette, we can understand that he wasn't actually engaged in kirtan, however ecstatic it may have seen. I've seen in Bengal the professional kirtan parties. They have two hour or two and a half hour shifts in which they put on a good show of ecstatic kirtan. But then as soon as it's finished, it's a long time, two and a half hours out of bidi, so they have to quickly, they quickly go backstage and smoke some bidi. You know what a bidi is? It's a kind of cigarette. It's a kind of homemade cigarette. Natural cigarette. So, we should be uh, careful of this kind of cheating in the name of devotional service. We should understand very clearly that the only goal of life is to to develop pure devotional service to Krishna. Srila Prabhupada didn't come to the Western world to start a new religion, but to teach the dharma of the soul. When Srila Prabhupada first came to London, some newspaper reporters asked him in a challenging way, why have you come here? Srila Prabhupada said, to teach what you have forgotten, God. So they said, oh, we haven't forgotten God, we have our churches, and we, we give money in charity, save the whale, Battersea dogs home. So, Srila uh, Prabhupada came to give information of that, which they presumed they knew, but they don't know. So, Krishna consciousness is... Uh, means to always think of Krishna in pure devotional service. It's very easy to perform pure devotional service, but conditioned souls find it difficult. Prabhupada often used to say, what is the difficulty? There is no difficulty to think of Krishna, but we prefer to think about many other things except Krishna. Therefore, we find it difficult to take to pure devotional service. But anyone, as this chapter, in, as in this chapter, Krishna reveals, anyone can take to devotional service from whatever standard they may be at. One simply has to be honest and sincere. Honest means to uh, recognize the present situation he's in without pretending to be on a higher platform, and sincere means to make the endeavor to come up to a higher platform. Otherwise, we find someone comes and says, "Well, you know, I'm very fallen." which sounds like humility, but actually it's a, a show of humility to justify being in a fallen, to attempt to justify being in a fallen state. Sincere devotee may say, I'm very fallen, out of humility, thinking himself to be in a more fallen situation than he is. Or he, he may say that, recognizing his situation, that I'm, in, I'm not on a very high level, but he's still trying to come up to a higher level by following rules and regulations. But if someone says, I'm very fallen, uh, but doesn't make any endeavor to be on a, to come up from a, that fallen position, that means that he's making a show of humility, but actually has no sincerity to improve. We should know very clearly from studying Bhagavad Gita as it is, that 
pure devotional service to Krishna is the only goal of life. And the process is straightforward and simple, natural. The rules and regulations of Vaidhi Bhakti, Sadhana Bhakti, they are not an imposition on the soul. They're, they're not artificial, but they uh, help to revive the uh, natural attraction of the soul for Krishna. But those rules and regulations have to be followed. Otherwise, the effect of developing love of Krishna does not take place. One cannot be ananya and anya at the same time. One cannot be a pure devotee and be a materialist at the same time. One cannot uh, seriously seek pure devotional service and seek uh, an endeavor for material sense gratification at the same time. One may attempt to mix the straightforward and natural process of pure devotional service with various speculations, but it doesn't work because the process of Krishna consciousness is as it is. It is given by Krishna, presented by him through Shastra and the Acharyas. And there is absolutely nothing that any conditioned soul has to uh, add to or improve this process. Anything given by a conditioned soul can only uh, pollute the process or, or, or pollute our practice of it. So devotional service is very natural, happy and simple. Due to our uh, polluted consciousness, we tend to think of other things than pure devotional service as attractive. And thus we may attempt to mix them with devotional service. But then we're no longer on the path of pure devotional service. That is not ananya bhakti. That will not bring us to Krishna. We may say, well, we can go, you know, we, we can go some distance. That's true, but you can't cross the Viraja river and go to Krishna without giving up all other things but the desire to serve Krishna. So that is the simple point that Krishna is again and again emphasizing in Bhagavad Gita. Somehow or other we always uh, think that we have a better idea than Krishna. Or we think that uh, the teachings of Bhagavad Gita have to be adjusted to the present age. There are many highly intelligent reasons given for not following Bhagavad Gita as it is. Or stating that we're following Bhagavad Gita but with a little adjustment. Or pretending that we're following Bhagavad Gita when we're not. But the actual process is to clearly understand what is ananya bhakti and to practice that or at least to follow the process by which that is revealed, namely that of vaidhi sadhana bhakti. So let's stick to the real thing. The real thing is pure devotional service. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Any question about this? When when Varna Shandarma is uh, emphasizes giving giving stress in our movement, mm-hmm. it should be applied. Historically, we see that uh, when Srila Prabhupada first came to the West, he didn't speak about Varnashram very much. Um, he spoke about pure devotional service and complete surrender to Krishna. He gave, a, but in the last three years of his active preaching Leela, mostly during that time Prabhupada gave 
many detailed instructions on how Vanasham should be adopted by devotees. When he saw that his disciples had difficulty following even the basic regulated principles, then Prabhupada uh, gave detailed instructions on Vanasham. So when should Vanasham be introduced in our movement? 1977. Yeah. 28 years late and getting later. Now, Vanasham Dharma, I was talking about Ananya Bhakti, pure devotional service. How does that fit with Vanasram? It fits because uh, Vanasram Dharma is meant to be practiced with the, the goal of pure devotional service. Recognizing one's uh, inability to be completely situated on the transcendental platform immediately. That is different to one who uh, compromises with gross sense gratification or mixes in non-Vedic ideas with the process of Krishna consciousness. For one who is not fully situated on the transcendental platform, Vanasham Dharma is required. For one who is fully situated on the transcendental platform, then the Varnashram rules can become an obstacle in his natural practice of Krishna consciousness. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's apparent <coughs> rejection of Varnashram is from the transcendental platform and is often misunderstood by Sahajiyas who say that then there's, there's no need, that the Varnashram and Bhakti don't go together at all. As a result of not accepting the regulated principles of Varnashram, they fall into total degradation while thinking themselves on the highest platform. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself uh, superficially accepted the position of sannyas, which is within Varnashram. And he strictly followed the principles of sannyas to set the example for others. And also because um, unless one is acting as an avadhut or one who has very very little interaction with society in general, um, then van, the Vanashram rules are, or the Vanashram system is mostly conducive for practicing devotional service. Uh, avadhut means one who has no social life, no social responsibility, he has no family, no, no disciples, he has no social role to play whatsoever. But for, for Vaishnavas who are uh, living in this world as, as, as family, within a family, or who are preaching within this world, then uh, they, they have social interaction, and the best social system is that of Varnashram. So Chaitanya Mahabharata's rejection of Varnashram is not to be misunderstood. It is not a goal in itself, and it's not even the means but it is the uh, template on which Krishna consciousness can best be practiced within this world. Template? Blueprint? Try that one. No? Social system, okay, say that. Template, you don't say in Polish? Don't use computers? All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hey. So we'll finish that. We'll meet again tomorrow morning. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.
Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.